Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Kids, broadcasting live from the NYC. It is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. For the next time, I'm going to bring you the latest celebrity and entertainment news on Kanye West, Michelle Wolf, Tom Brokaw, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. One in seven Americans will struggle with addiction during their lifetime. Want to know how you can help? Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to help turn addiction around. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more about the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way it will send you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656, and press the number 1. Again, that's 347-637-2656 and press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1, T-H-A-T-S, entertain, the number one. You can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto14, stiletto, like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And most importantly, follow me on Instagram at tjonesgibbs, that's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-S, Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a warm and sunny 85 degrees. Before I get started with the first story of the day, I'd like to give a shout-out to everyone that's listening on the phone line in the chat room. Thank you for tuning in on a Wednesday afternoon. Thank you for um, supporting me throughout these eight years. Also, uh, if this is your first time tuning in and you're just catching us for the first time, I broadcast every Wednesday afternoon from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern right here on BTR. So uh, thank you again. Uh, Lots to talk about. It's all about Kanye West this week. We're talking about the comment that he made on Charlemagne uh, the God on The Breakfast Club. We're talking about the comments he made on TMZ. And I've been saying for now for a couple of years now that Kanye West has lost it, that it's going deeper than we sadly thought. I'll be talking about that. Also, um, Tom Brokaw is in the news. Uh, another woman has come forward saying that uh, he's been accused of uh, making unwanted advances at her. We'll talk about it. Also, uh, Michelle Wolf, the comedian that uh, was the, um, the highlight comedian at this year's White House Correspondent Dinner, well, you know, people had their opinions about it, how people felt, how she should have apologized, was she in the wrong. We're going to be talking about it. Also, uh 
Russell Simmons uh, has a nerve to voice his support for the Me Too movement after dozens of women have accused him of sexual harassment. I'll tell you what the the former mogul had to say, especially regarding um, he makes a, a shout-out to black women in particular. Well, without further ado, let's get started with the most talked-about stories of the day. Hit it. Well, it's all about Kanye West this week It's all about him this week You know, I mean, the latest troubling incident I mean, it's one thing that, you know, you're calling Donald Trump your brother And it's one thing to uh, talk about that you know your breakdown about how you um, you lost it after you you know after the robbery in Paris with Kim and the whole incident with Taylor, but to come out and say that slavery was a choice, I, I don't know if you can come back from that. Really, I mean. Instead of Kanye ranting and raving, and, and you need to sit down and really get a history lesson. And, you know, this is what is troubling, because when you hear people talk about slavery and how, uh, you know, it, it just reminds me of the people being that ignorant. I don't know what Kanye is trying to do. You know, he's supposed to be coming out with a record. I think, you know... But when you say things like that, you really think people are going to support you and buy your records and buy your uh, high-priced clothing and sneakers? I don't know if he can come back from that. But the interesting part is that uh, he was on TMZ, and, uh, you know, he he makes this comment, and uh, it just... I don't know what else to say. I've been saying for years that something is mentally wrong with Kanye. And I've been saying for a couple of years now that ever since his mother had passed, he hasn't been right since. And with this new album, he was thinking about putting the picture of the man, of the doctor, that performed the surgery on his mom, who later uh, passed away due to complication And you know what the crazy part about it I will tell you Later on that um, The doctor Since his mother had passed For, for years for a couple of years now We thought that the she had died On the operation table like she had Died after the complication From the surgery and this poor Doctor had lost his license behind It when in fact the doctor has spoken out telling Kanye, do not put my picture on your album. And if you want to blame anything and if you want forgiveness, you need to blame the person that was supposed to be in charge of your mother's care after the surgery. Oh, yes. Yes, we get the real facts now. But let's go back to this uh, this remark uh, that he you know, made about the about slavery. Um, he he makes this uh, comment, uh, you know, about slavery and how you know for four hundred years uh, it sounded like uh, that this, it was like a choice to him. Uh, he sparked this conversation about you know. And and then he had to later backtrack in a series of tweets, you know. Um, God, I just, I don't know what else to say about this. Because it's an embarrassment, uh, it's an insult, and I can't think of the, the, the young man that's on TMZ, uh, Van, Van. He, he spoke out and kind of schooled. Kanye West on the whole incident about that slavery comment. Um, he's been on a bizarre tr- Twitter tirade for days since he returned to the platform earlier in April, 
and he was on um, the Breakfast Club, Power 105.1, here in New York, where he shared his fears with Charlemagne the God from the uh, iHeartRadio, the Breakfast Club, for nearly two hours long. Now, this is what he said to him, that he said he wanted to put out that moment. He said, I want to put out that the moment you're in the hospital and you're next to your friend, you're like, you don't let this person leave your side and put your side, and put them inside of an elevator and take your fr- a friend away from you. That was the scariest moment of my life. I thought I was going to get killed. This is what he said. He was... Kanye was hospitalized in November of uh, 2016 for severe sleep deprivation after a string of erratic behavior. He was also then placed on a psychiatric evaluation at UCLA Medical Center before he was was released a week later. The breakdown occurred about a month after his wife, Kim Kardashian, was robbed at gunpoint in his Paris, in her Paris hotel room, a factor that he says contributed to his breakdown. Now, the Kardashians were out of town at the time of West's hospitalization, which is why he was relying on his friend to stay by his side. And one of the other factors he mentioned to Charlemagne uh, in the video posted to WeGotLove.com and YouTube was his blow-up on Taylor Swift at the MTV VMAs in 2009. He said that uh, fear, stress, control, and being controlled, manipulation like being a pawn in the chess piece of life, this is what he explained as the fact of his breakdown. He said also, quote, stressing things like creative validation, create validation that I didn't need to worry about as much and just the concept of com- com- uh, com- uh, com- uh, com- competition and being in competition with so many element- elements at one time. He also uh, was vocal on Twitter this week, including sharing the highly controversial tweet supporting Trump This is what he wrote. He said, you don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love you. We are both dragging energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes an individual, and we have the right to independent thought, unquote. Now, he also said that, when he first met up with Trump, when he when Kanye had come to Trump Towers here in New York, he said that he was high. He said he was on something. That that's what he said when he his first uh, encounter with Trump. Now you're making this other uh, saying that he's your brother and, and, and that you got dragon energy. And you know that the reason why I, he's doing this is because he never got over the fact he still have a grudge against President Obama calling him a jackass. And, and I, th- I really don't think he got over that. And you know uh, President Obama is real close with Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I guess Kanye felt that, okay, you know, you, you, you call me a jackass, a jackass, but you're close with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Jay-Z, after the break, down that he had, Jay, he was ranting and raving at his Pablo tour. That Jay Z never called him up, never checked to see how he was doing, and he felt a certain kind of way. But yet, Jay Z and Beyonce are chummy chummy with the Obamas, and then President Obama called him a jackass because of what he did to Taylor. Um, so he never got really over it. And and to this day, Kanye West is still waiting on his apology from President Obama. He um, and you remember the when President Obama had said that he initially levied the insult in an off the record segment on a CNBC interview in 2009, and then he echoed the comments in 2012 uh, issue of the Atlantic. He again. He said that that Kanye was talented, but he's a jackass. So he's been lashing out at President Obama for more than a week. At that at that point, amid his newfound love for President Trump, and then he Kanye tweeted last week saying that um, Obama quote Obama was in office for eight years and nothing in Chicago changed. Kanye also accused Obama of moving on musically and leaving him behind. And this is what he told Charlemagne the God. He said that 
I'm your favorite artist. This is what Kanye told Charlamagne. You play Touch the Sky at your inauguration, and now all of a sudden Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z and all these people you invite to the White House, like now these are your favorite rappers. He said, I, he said, I ain't got no problem with these rappers, but you know I'm your favorite, but I'm not safe. But that's why you love me. So just tell me you love me and tell the world you love me. Don't tell the world I'm a jackass. I'm fighting hard enough, unquote. Okay? Now this, and, and, I mean, it's just going on and on. Um, again, the controversial comment regarding slavery, you know, um, and then just the latest incident, he uh, the, the latest remark, he compared himself to Harriet Tubman and Nat Turner, who were both significant figures in the fight against slavery during the 1800s. He said that if this was 148 years ago, he would have been more like Harriet or Nat. That's what he tweeted Tuesday evening. You know, Tubman. Tubman, who escaped slavery herself, guided many of the slaves to freedom by leading leading them through the Underground Railroad and into a free state. Turner, meanwhile, led a slave rebellion in which they traveled to multiple plantations and killed dozens of white people in Virginia in 1831. So West's comparison to Tubman and Turner comes hours after he sparked this controversy about suggesting on TMZ Live that slavery sounds like a choice to him. Unbelievable. And then he later backtracked in a series of tweets. This is what he said. He said, to make myself clear, of course, I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. My point is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, means they were mentally enslaved. They cut out our tongues so we couldn't communicate to each other. I will not allow my tongue to be cut. He, again, he causes so much controversy. And then, remember, last week, he praised, he tweeted and he praised Candace Owens, a conservative commentator who had criticized the Black Lives Matter movement by writing, quote, I love the way Candace Owens think. Okay? So... And then you know he's walking around. He's he got he's uh, posted a, a photo of him wearing the uh, "Let's Make America Great Again" and Trump has signed it. And and a lot of people allegedly had who had been following Kanye. Uh, he had lost followers allegedly. Um, it just just turned off a lot of people. And I always said that the. Kanye has never produced good music after his mother had passed. Every, in my opinion, every album that he had after that haven't really did much for me. I, I don't. I, I really don't. It, it, it was missing Kanye's flair. His it just after after his mother had died and every album he had put out after that really didn't do it for me. I, I thought. You know, all fall down, and you know, uh, gold. All those good songs that he had uh, post pre haven't did it for me. Um, and then later on, he uh, took back some of that old controversial comments uh, about slavery, and uh, you know, it's just I don't know what to make of it. It's it. We, you know, we're laughing, we're making jokes about Kanye. But it's not funny anymore. He has some serious issues. Um, he and then he makes a statement about how he was high on uh, 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 opio. Uh, he was high on um, some medication that the doctor had gave him. Um, he had had went and got liposuction because people were calling him fat and that. Uh, if it wasn't for people talking about Rob, his brother-in-law, calling him calling him fat on social media, that it had caused Rob to not even go to Kim and Kanye's wedding, and he felt that you know that they're calling me fat too, and he he felt the pressure to do liposuction. And I'm saying, with all the money that you have, Kanye, you could get a personal a uh, trainer. 
You could get a personal chef to get your diet right. Why would you need lipo? Why would you need lipo? I just kind of find that odd. But he cares so much of what people think of him that it's he's twisting it. And it just sounds so crazy and bizarre. You know, right now we got 21 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you listen to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news and celebrity news and celebrity gossip. If you like the show and you are a registered listener here on Blog Talk Radio, make sure you click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and that way you get a, a reminder when I broadcast live. Um, it, it was also a big weekend also as well. Uh, the White House Correspondent Dinner was this week. And comedian Michelle Wolf just told it like it is. People are saying, are in shock, they are appalled of some of the things that she said at this Correspondent Dinner. First of all, you hired her. Second of all, you should have did your research because you know that she's a particular type of comic. And number three, it's a roast. Um, I never forget when um, Cat Williams, another comedian, uh, was on Comedy Central. They, I think they were roasting uh, Snoop Dogg. And he got up at the podium and he said that if you feel like you're going to be offended, if you're scared or nervous, you, you then you don't need to be here. This is a MF and roast, so get ready. Because when you do a roast, no, no, everybody is going to feel the wrath, and you're not going to like what you hear. And especially if the comedian is going to address you. And I'm like, do they know what a roast is? That you're going to say certain things that is going to be out there that these comedians are going to go in and people are so shocked that oh she shouldn't have said that about uh sarah huckabee sanders she shouldn't have said that about it's a rose i mean when president obama when they did the the white house correspondent and they said certain things about president obama first of all he showed up second of all he knows it's jokes he knows it was all in fun president trump is not he 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 got such a thin skin, he didn't even show up at all. This is the second time. And he had the nerve to blast Michelle Wool saying that was me. You are one to talk about all the degrading and, 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 and ratchet things you be saying about people, and then you got a nerve to turn around and talk about the things that Michelle Wolf had said? And these are the same people that don't say nothing about Trump, his brash comments, his harsh comments. Nobody's saying nothing to him, but you quick to say something about this comedian. And uh, Trevor Noah uh, was his uh, he was on his show, and he uh, Michelle used to work for uh, Trevor Noah. He made a comic. He jokingly said that uh, he had fired Michelle Wolf. Um, he, the former Daily Show writer who made waves at the White House Correspondent Dinner Saturday night, left the late night show comedy uh, show in December. She, Michelle had left the show, but Trevor summoned enough to outrage to jokingly punish her again. You know, he was saying that on his show that um, should she have the decency not to comment on a woman's appearance in any shape or form. She's a comedian, not the president. This is what Noah said before running a mashup of President Trump's comments about Rosie O'Donnell, Alicia Machado, and others. When Trump insulted insulting women, he just says, fat, ugly face. That's why you don't send a woman to do a man job. Noah also proposed a new plaque set in memory of the brave Trump official who were roasted to death by Michelle Wolf. hashtag never forget. I think she did a great job. And what she said, see, they think that the American people are really ignorant, that we're dumb, that we don't. Everybody knows that Huckabee Sanders is up there telling lies, and we just don't. She's up there 
she, that's her job to lie for the president. She's the, you know, press secretary. And we know she up there telling stories. And just Michelle Wolf just called, called it out and pointed it out. And that's what made it funny because, in in a way, there was some truth about it. And she was not making, uh, you know, making fun of her looks. She was just making a comment about her makeup. She had said nothing about her looks, but everybody twisted and turned it in a way. No, no, no. You you don't understand that this was a roast. And several comedians also made a comment about it. Uh, Seth Meyers, he said that uh, you, this is what you hire her, and and that was that was her mission to come up there and say what she had to say in a jokingly manner. Um, you know, a lot of comics came out. Uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, he said, "Who can tell them and who can take them." You know, it's all about how you take it. You know their jokes, but it's like everybody's not, when it comes to Trump and his administration, you can't say nothing, you can't do nothing, you can't joke about it. And everybody before him took it lighthearted. It's a joke. That's what it's all about. The media, it's the one day that the media come together, have dinner, have drinks, have a few laughs, and and it's just tradition. And now Trump is talking about taking it away. I I think they they just didn't understand. I you know I just think it's just a Trump administration altogether. They have issues when it comes to people talking about this president and their administration. And now they got issue, but when. But they're so quick to talk about other people, especially Trump. And, again, people here in New York, we know Trump history. We know Trump past. He's no good. He's no good. He has a thin skin. You know, he cheated on his wife with a porn star. He denied uh, African Americans uh, uh, to to live in his uh, father's building. We, We know his history. And for you to sit up there and to say that you know, she was nasty, she was you got you have a lot of nerve. Um, Tom Brokaw, a third woman, has come forward to accuse the longtime NBC News anchor of making an unwanted advance towards her earlier in her journalism career. Mary Re- uh, Reinholz claimed in a new first-person testimonial that Brokaw, who was married at the time, attempted to kiss her inside her rented Los Angeles area home 50 years ago after helping her with a story she was working on. Uh, Reinhold said she and Brokaw, who is now 78, got together at her home after he managed to obtain information from the Los Angeles Police Department that she had been unable to get herself. She did not say which year this allegedly alleged allegedly incident occurred, but she said she was hit on by several powerful men in the news business during the 1960s, including Brokaw. She claimed that the encounter with Tom Brokaw, who was anchoring for Los Angeles KNBC station at the time, left her uncomfortable and that she wasn't interested in Brokaw as a sex partner. Now, Reinhold says she spoke to Brokaw several times after that in subsequent years, She moved to New York in the early 1970s and spoke to Brokaw to acquire a contact, but she she says she never saw him again. Now, Reinhold's allegation comes less than a week after Linda Vester, a former NBC correspondent, claimed in reports by the Washington Post and Variety that Brokaw made a pair of unwanted advances towards her in the 1990s while she was in her 20s. Vesta claimed one of the, the, those accu, uh, occasions involved Brokaw attempting to kiss her in her hotel room. Now, Brokaw issued a denial to the Washington Post, and then he penned a letter further slamming Vesta's claim. And then another woman who made her allegation anonymously, anonymously claimed that Brokaw placed her hand under his jacket and onto his chest and asked her to come to his office later that night. This is according to the Washington Post. That woman who was working as a production assistant said she was 24 at the time. Brokaw also denies that allegation. 
Brokaw was photographed leaving the NBC News offices in Rock Rockefeller Center here in New York on Monday, marking the first time he was seen since the allegation emerged. And, you know, Brokaw had also wrote a letter saying, quote, I'm, I am not a perfect person. I made mistakes personally and professionally, but as I write this at dawn on the morning after a drive-by shooting by Vester, the Washington Post and Variety, I'm stunned by the free ride giving a woman with a grudge against NBC News no distinctive credentials or issue passions while at Fox, unquote. Wow. Uh, Russell Simmons has voiced support for his Me Too after hashtag Me Too after a dozen of women accuse him of sexual harassment, assault, and even rape in the wake of the movement. The hip hop mogul took to Twitter Tuesday to share that he isn't angry about the personal situation and also included an image that said, Shout out to black women just because. The reason he said he'd been angry about his personal situation is because he's been listening to dialogue around the hashtag MeToo movement and looking beyond his own scenario. Countless men in Hollywood and beyond have been accused of sexual harassment, assault, and rape in the months since the accusation against Harvey Weinstein broke in October, including Simmons. The allegation against Simmons first came to light in November 2017 after model Carrie Classen Caligi accused Simmons of sexual assault and harassment, which he denies days later in a letter published by The Hollywood Reporter. And screenwriter Jenny Lummett, the daughter of filmmaker Sidney Lummett, then came forward in her own letter to accuse Simmons of sexually violating her in 1987. In December, the Los Angeles Times published a bombshell report where nine women accused the Jeff Def Jam co-founder of using his West Hollywood yoga studio, Tantris, to get women into vulnerable situations. Public relations pro Kelly Catron was among the women to make claims about Simmons, revealing that he grew violent and allegedly tried to rape her after a party in 1991. Simmons, who was also sued in January by Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Jarosik, also claimed he raped her at his Los Angeles home in 2016, and the NYPD had multiple investigations opening, openings uh, surrounding claims made against the music producer. He announced, Simmons, that he would be stepping down from his company in December after the first two women accused him of assault. He continues to deny allegations in the same statement he has used in response to all claims. Wow. Right now we have here, uh, we're at 133 here on New York Times. Coming up after in the next half hour, we're going to be talking about um, comedian Russell Brand. Apparently his mother is facing a life-threatening injury. She was in a hit-and-run accident last week. We'll tell you how what he's going through. And the, um, the estranged teenage daughter of Jackie Chan said that she and her girlfriend are homeless and that no one in their lives were willing to help, not even her father. I'll tell you more about it. And Amy Schumer is feeling a little less than pretty. All those stories are coming up after the in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere. Like a dog, I'm drooling. 
Every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs, right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now we have 22 minutes left remaining in the show. If you are just tuning in uh, and you missed the first half of the show, we was talk. I was talking about Kanye West and his later. Uh, latest controversial statement about uh, going on TMZ and talking about how uh, slavery in this country, uh, slavery at the time, 400 years, was like uh, a choice. And the reporter, TMZ reporter Van Lathan, kind of went in and kind of schooled Kaye and gave him a history lesson and how he was disappointed and appalled by his comment. And uh you know, he. I, I have to commend uh, TMZ reporter Van Lathan for standing up to Kanye and telling him, you know, you're wrong, bro. You know, you 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 got to. You know, he kind of corrected him in saying, "How dare you make a comment about that? These are our ancestors that you're talking about." But um, that's what we talked about in the first 22 minutes of our show. Uh, before we went to the music break, I was telling you about uh, comedian Russell Brand. Um, he revealed that his mother is facing a life-threatening uh, injuries after a hit-and-run accident last week. Uh, he announced on Twitter from the hospital that he would be canceling his upcoming rebirth tours in the wake of a tragic of this tragic. Uh, he added that he was sad for his mother, who only uh, finished chemotherapy last month, calling the situation very difficult. Brand also revealed that his mother, who's uh, 71, has cancer, uh, has cancer six times, and he thanks uh, and thanks to the NHS and reiterate its importance. Um, Brand's mother, Barbara, was bleeding as she was pulling from the back of the comedian's Audi. A Audi's A8 on Thursday after a hit and run. Now, Brand chauffeur, uh, Brad, uh, Russell Brand chauffeur was driving the vehicle, which collided with a uh, a the a, a Vauxhall Astra, and is making good recovery, according to the uh, actor comedian. She uh, was on her way to babysit Brand's daughter with wife Laura Gallagher. At the time of the accident, the other driver fled the scene in a different vehicle. And uh, Logan Paul, his daily video blogs, they're coming to an end. The controversial YouTuber announced in a nearly 17-minute video that he'll no longer be posting new videos every single day. He cautioned that he's not finishing blogging entirely, but while he won't be posting videos as frequently as he has in the past, he vows to continue making vlogs moving forward. The announcement comes roughly four months after Paul drew widespread backlash for posting a video in late December in which he came across the body of a suicide victim in Japan's Akagahara Forest, an area known for its high number of suicide attempts. 
In the video, Paul stresses that suicide, mental illness, and depression are not a joke, but also laughed a bit towards the end while discussing how shocked he is after coming across the body. He apologized multiple times following the stunt and took a break from vlogging for a little over a month before returning in February. He broke out as an Internet star on the video sharing app Vine. He has over 17 million subscribers on YouTube. He explained in the video announcing the end of his daily vlogs that he wants to dive into music and begin new business endeavors. And the estranged daughter of Jackie Chan says she and her girlfriend are homeless and that no one in their lives is willing to help. Etta Nugshok Lam who is Chan's biological daughter, but has previously said she doesn't have a relationship with the actor, posted a video with her partner, Andy Autumn, in which she claimed their situation is due to homophobic parents and that police, food banks, hospitals, and LGBT community shelters haven't been able to provide assistance. Autumn adds that she reached out to people close to her but to no availability. And her uh, Jackie Shan's daughter says that they made the video with the hope that people will share it and bring awareness to their situation. The video caption says that uh, Chan's daughter and her girlfriend now have nowhere to go after a friend who had been helping became un- unable to house them any longer. They do not specify which city they are currently in at any point in the video, which has garnered over 336,000 views since they uploaded last week. A rep for Jackie Chan did not immediately respond to the request for comment, but his daughter, she was born after Chan, who was married at the time, had an affair with her mother, who happens to be a Hong Kong beauty queen. Uh, Elaine reached out to her daughter's video by telling the website Coconuts that her daughter and her partner should go find work if they need money. But Chan's daughter says she was raised by her mother, and she also explained in 2015 why she doesn't view Chan as her father. She said, quote, he never existed in my life. I will never regard him as a father This is what she told Express at the time. And she said, I would not say that he is my dad. I would say, oh, Jackie Chan, an actor, unquote. And there's a whole lot of superheroes added to up to a whole lot of ticket sales. The Superhero Smorgasbord Avengers Affinity War opened with predictable shock and awe earnings of $250 million in box office over the weekend and edging past Star Wars The Force Awakens to set the highest opening weekend of all time. Infinity War, which brings together some dozen, two dozen superheroes in the 10-year culmination of Marvel Studios Cinematic Universe, also set a new global opening record with $630 million, even though it's yet to open in China. The world's second largest movie market, it opened there, May, uh, that it's going to open there on May 11. According to Walt Disney Company, the estimates to Sunday's Infinity War overwhelmed the previous global best, The Fast and the Furious, with $541.9 million, but narrowly topped The Force Awakened in North America. The Star Wars reboot debuted with $248 million in 2015, which would translate to about $260 million, accounting for inflation. So the track record for Marvel, along with the hyper-extravagant effort to put its long-planned Infinity War, made the record-setting weekend something of a, a very uh, excellent accomplishment. You know, after 10 years and 18 prior films and some $15 billion in box office, the weekend was a sure and long-awaited coronation for Kevin Figg's Marvel, the most dominant force in the Hollywood with the pre- precious few sure, sure things. Uh, by any measure, the two-hour and 40-minute long Infinity War is one of the largest films ever assembled, with a production budget reportedly almost $300 million. And... Joe and Anthony Russo film brings together the stars of Marvel's superhero stable, including Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Helmsworth as Thor, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, Chris Evans as Captain America, Mark Ruffalo as Hulk, and many more. Right now we have uh, 14 minutes uh, left in remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break. And when we come back, I'll give you the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. 
Remember we sat in the cold, no money in Montreal. Underneath that waterfall, nobody else ever saw. I packed up everything except those memories that only I can see and can't get rid of. I still remember the first, your body hit every nerve. Used to wake up in my shirt, just the one I had to burn. Trying not to stare, but you are everywhere. You're everywhere that I from Aloe Black in Brooklyn in the summer. Right now we have about 10 minutes left remaining in the show, so I'm going to go fast. Amy Schumer is feeling a little less than pretty. The comedian announced Friday on Instagram that she would have to skip the London premiere of her new movie, I Feel Pretty, because of a kidney infection. Schumer wrote that she had spent the past five days under the care of her doctors and bad-ass nurses with new husband Chris Fisher by her side. In her post, Schumer thanked American audience for supporting her film, which has grossed over $20 million in its first week in theaters, and she says she hopes Londoners enjoy it as well. The movie, which co-starred uh, A.D. Bryant, Busy Phillips, and Michelle Williams, is about a woman with low self-esteem who becomes extremely confident after a soul cycle accident. A number of the train wreck star's celebrity friends commented on her post with notes of support and well wishes. And Hollywood is getting back at in the Harvey Weinstein business from a different angle this time. Brad Pitt production company Plan B has bought the rights to the story of how Jody Cantor, Megan Toohey, and the New York Times published their explosive investigation into the movie mogul who has been accused of sexual harassment and assault by more than 100 women. The movie will focus less on Weinstein alleged victims and more on the process of te- telling their tales and how the reporter faced down threats and intimidation to push through with one of the most 
most important stories of the decade. And this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. The 2015 spotlight about the Boston Globe posed a prize-winning investigation into the child molestation cover-up within the Catholic Church was nominated for six Oscars and won for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. Pitt, meanwhile, has a long history with Weinstein, including the 2009 Inglorious Bastards and the 2012 Killing Them Softy. Softly, the 54-year-old actor who dated Gwyneth Paltrow, who claimed Weinstein made unprovoked advances on her when she was just 22, from 1994 to 1997. Uh, after the incident, which uh, Paltrow says she told her boyfriend about it at the time, Pitt allegedly approached Weinstein at a party. He uh, threatened Harvey, and this was a source previously told by people. He said that he got in his face, poked him in the chest, and said, you will never, ever do this to Gwyneth ever again. And that's when the two New York Times reporters, Cantor and Tuhi, uh, reported this incident that earned them the Pulitzer Prize for the investigation. Neither a writer nor a filmmaker are currently tied to the movie. And David Bowie's original musical, Lazarus, returns to New York for the first time since his death, this time on the big screen. Lazarus, featuring nearly 20 of Bowie's songs rearranged by the legendary artist and musician Henry Hay, hits Brooklyn's uh, King Theater today, tonight, at a one-night-only film screening accompanied by a live band featuring musicians from the show Debut Run. It's a bittersweet com- homecoming. Bowie attended the opening night of Lazarus at the New York Theater Workshop in Manhattan on December 7, 2015. One month later, he died from liver cancer at the age of 69. And uh, they said that uh, Bowie had handpicked some of the songs, and Hay, who had played piano and keyboards on several songs of Bowie's 2013 album, the next day is to... You know, going to be well part of the show because he's the show music director. Um, Lazarus enjoyed a sold out run in New York before it was transferring to London's uh, King Cross Theater in November 2016 with both production featuring cast members Michelle C. Hall, I'm sorry, Michael C. Hall, who played Newton, and Sophia and Caruso and Michael Epsford. In addition to Wednesday 8 p.m. screening, which is tonight. Hayes said that plans are in the work to launch the show next year in Amsterdam with the original creative team, and and uh, they also revealed that there was going to be uh, there was interest in for future productions in Australia and in Germany. And the uh, again the plastic surgeon who operated on Kanye's West mom the day before she died is warning that the rapper does not use his photo on an upcoming album. Uh, Dr. Jan Adam penned a cease and desist letter to West thanking him for the offer of a cover tribute, but saying it wouldn't be appropriate. A copy of the open letter obtained by the Blast dot com. The doctor said if West wants to make a gesture of forgiveness, and he said in a recent Twitter post he should feature the person's Adam believe is the one responsible for Donda West's death in November of 2007 at the age of 58. He identified that person as West's cousin. Now, um, Adam, um, Dr. Jan Adam quoted a Los Angeles County deputy coroner as saying that West's relative Stephen Scogin was, was tasked with being Donda's primary caregiver during her recovery but left her resistant the morning after her surgery because she appeared to be improving. She was later found not breathing. Now, Adam said in the letter that he had tolerated being the full guy over the last decade out of respect for the doctor's patient privilege, but he had a limit. West shared Adam's letter on Twitter, and this is what Kaye wrote in the Monday afternoon post. He said, quote, this is amazing. Thank you so much for this connection, brother. I can't wait to sit with you and start healing, unquote. I tell you. Lance Bass stayed in the closet for the sake of NSYNC as the boy band accepted their Hollywood Walk of Fame star Monday. The former boy band member spoke about his decision to come out as gay in 2006, year after NSYNC went their separate ways. He said that growing up in Mississippi in a Southern Baptist church in a town where everyone knows your business, he had a secret that he was gay. 
And at the time, he thought that he would never be able to tell anyone because not only was he terrified of the last rejection, he was certain that it would happen, but more than that, he didn't want to jeopardize the careers of the guys, much less the amazing people who worked tirelessly to bring NSYNC to the world. Now, Lance Bass is now 38. He revealed in the 2006 People magazine cover story that he's gay. Today, he's married to painter and actor Michael Turchin. Their December 2014 wedding, which aired on E!, was the first same-sex ceremony shown on cable television. Bass reunited with Justin Timberlake, Joey Fantone, J.C. Chazez, and Chris Kirkpatrick for the special event, along with speaker Ellen DeGeneres and Carson Daly. Over the weekend, the band also celebrated their Los Angeles pop-up, the Dirty Pop-Up, and sat in on Timberlake's Man of the Woods concert in Inglewood. And pop star Haley is bringing attention to an issue she and many others face when staying at hotels. Uh, the Bad at Love singer shared her frustration over the lack of shampoo option provided by hotel companies saying they catered their hair products to only white people. That initially tweet by Hazley, whose father is African-American and mother is white, garnered a range of responses from her followers, prompting the singer to open up a larger discussion on the matter. She refuted several people's argument that hotel shampoos are generally just cheap and not tailored to a specific type of hair and was forced to correct one tweeter, Twitter who uh, tried to say she was one of the white people. Hazley also quickly shot down another user who questioned the point she was trying to make. She pointed out that some people may not have the luxury of being able to pay for their own shampoos to bring to hotels like she is before explaining the shampoo issue goes beyond hotel bathrooms. Hazley, who hailed from Clark, New Jersey, is currently in the middle of a world tour and is traveling regularly. The singer's real name is Ashley Fragapane, and she explained last year why she had questions about her identity during her youth. And this is what she said. She said, quote, I look like a white girl, but I don't feel like one. This is what she told Playboy magazine. She said, quote, I'm a black woman. So it's been weird navigating that. When I was growing up, I didn't know if I was supposed to love TLC or Britney, unquote. And this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee ceremony, like all those before it, has a mind of its own. That's according to Joel Pierisman, who's CEO of the Hall of Fame. But fans don't have to take his word for it. They can see the ceremony or monthly edit version on Saturday, May 5th at 8 p.m. on HBO. Uh, it's it, uh, They also have... Um, and an unusual feature this year included the British band Dire Strait inducting themselves. Um, after frontman Mark Knopser decided not to show up, joining an intrepid band of Hall snubbers that include Axel Rose, the late David Bowie, and Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, the rest of the band did it alone. And then there was the unexpected sight of Ann Wilson from Heart inducting the Moody Blues, a band that, like Bon Jovi, was drumming his fingers for years before they got the phone call. And beside the Moody, Bon Jovi, and Dire Strait, this year's honorees include the Cars, who also inducted by Brandon Flowers of the Killers, Nina Simone, inducted by Mary J. Bly, and Sister Rosetta Tharp, who being inducted by Brittany Howard of Alabama Shakes as an early influence. Stephen Van Zandt also popped in to announce the institution's latest honor, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's single, The First Six, including The Twist by Shelby Checker, Born to be Wild by Stephen Stephen Wolf and a white, a wider shade of pale by Prosco Harrow. The annual induction dinner, which is the hall's chief fundraiser and this high-profile event, always run long. But TV money and promotion eventually proved too tempting. And in 2009, telecast rights were sold to Fuse. And in 2012, those rights moved to HBO. The induction was also moved from the ballroom to the Waldorf Astoria in Midtown to arenas. Um, and uh, the last story of the day, Matt McGorry, the actor best known for his role in How to Get Away with Murder and Orange is the New Black, well, he was arrested during a Black Lives Matter march last month in, in Manhattan. Uh, the 32-year-old New York City native was charged with disorderly conduct and a vehicle traffic violation during a New York City shut-it-down protest on April 16th. The anti-police brutality activist group was honoring Cynthia Clemens, a 34-year-old black woman who was shot and killed by Illinois police in March. 
Officer accused McCory of blocking traffic when the group passed through uh, West 122nd Street near Lenox Avenue in Harlem. He defied several demands to get out of the street. McGorry addressed the arrest last month in a medium post titled A Tale of Two Cities, Making Black Lives Matters in the Liberal bu- Bubble. And this is what he wrote. He said, quote, in the age of Trump, the racist rhetoric of our country and the escalation of violence is suddenly highly visible to white folks in ways it never had been previously. But abuse stemming from the inherently oppressive nature of the police, even in the most liberal cities like New York City or Los Angeles, my current home, has never received the attention it deserved from its white residents, unquote. The actor said that this was his fifth time marching with activist groups since it started in 2015 after the police involved death of Michael Brown and Eric Gardner. And uh, McGorry, he is due in court on June 13 for the death appearance ticket. Well, that was going to do it for me for this week. I know I just ran off and took most of the time uh, from the show. But uh, tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>